Imagine that it is 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. You just turned off the TV and are getting ready to head up to bed. As you go to switch off the hallway light, there's a knock at your front door. You pause. Who could be knocking at this time? You toy mentally with different scenarios. Maybe someone has had car trouble or lost their dog. And suddenly, as if reading your mind, a child's voice comes from the other side of the threshold. Excuse me, miss, can we come in and use your phone? You walk towards the door, ready to open it and help the young inquirer, but something feels wrong, really wrong, about the entire situation. Every fiber of your being is screaming at you. Do not let them inside the house. You decide the best course of action is to peer through the glass instead. Two children look up at you. They repeat their question once more. This time, it feels deviously insistent. And that's when you notice their eyes. They are completely black. This is the Memento Mori Oracle Podcast, where I, Claire Goodchild, discuss the history, lore, and symbolism of the images depicted in the cards of the Memento Mori Oracle deck. Every few years, stories of creepy encounters with the so-called black-eyed kids pop up on Reddit or in books, and they always leave a lasting impression on me. If you've never heard of this phenomenon, you're in for a real treat. Black-eyed kids, also known as BEKs, are, you guessed it, kids with black eyes. And when I say black eyes, I mean the entire eyeball, not just the iris. They are typically seen in pairs or groups of three, but sometimes alone, and most commonly appear on your doorstep. But people have come across them out and about in the world as well. In these stories, the creepy kids always want to come inside your home or back to your place of safety with you. Usually they say they need to use the phone to call their parents or some other excuse, but it's always something that requires physical entry. People describe them as looking somewhat out of place. The clothes they wear often said to be from a couple decades in the past. They don't don fancy brand logos or the latest fats. It's like they are trying to be nondescript. Sometimes they will have props with them, bikes or skateboards, but are interacting with the items in a strange way, as if they don't actually know the purpose behind them. They also use language that feels off for a kid. It has an adult style to it, like they're reciting a script. Sometimes they even come across as if they can read your mind and answer the questions you're thinking, but not saying. They also don't show much emotion and could even be described as polite. That is, of course, until you say no to them. No seems to trigger an intense and rageful response. But even when angry, they still don't physically touch you or force their way into your home. This is because they can't seem to enter your house without your permission, which has led people to compare them to vampires. That being said, 
They will bang on your window or chase you. But as of now, I haven't seen a story that involves anyone actually being touched. But again, that's not to say they can't hurt you in other ways. Some stories talk about people having let them in, only to die shortly after of illnesses or freak accidents. Pretty creepy, right? I think the most fascinating thing about black-eyed kids is, unlike other paranormal stories, we actually know the origin story of black-eyed kids quite well. And when I say origin, I don't necessarily mean the first ever encounter with a BEK, but rather the first highly documented and spoken about encounter. This story is so well known because it takes place in 1996 and is the real-life account of a journalist named Brian Bethel. Brian happened to post it online just as the internet and message board culture was taking off. Needless to say, it left a strong impression on the paranormal community. One warm night in Abilene, Texas, a journalist by the name of Brian Bethel was sitting in the parking lot of a strip mall complex, writing a check to stick in the drop box of his internet provider who had a storefront there. Brian recalls using the light of a nearby movie theater marquee to illuminate his checkbook. The glow of the neon lights that spelled out Mortal Kombat streamed in through the windshield as he filled in the piece of paper. No sooner had he begun when there was a knock on his driver's side window. Brian was understandably startled by the sudden intrusion and looked up to see two boys standing next to his car. It is almost immediately that he feels the first of many waves of dread come over him, so he rolled down his window just a fraction. The slightly older looking boy, who wore a hooded sweatshirt and jeans, was 12, 13 at the most, and he's the one who spoke first. The first thing Brian picked up when the boy spoke was his confidence. Confidence that seemed unusual for a teenager. Hey mister, what's up? We have a problem. My friend and I want to see the film, but we forgot our money. We need to go to our house to get it. Want to help us? Brian hesitated and noticed the younger boy look up at his friend. He was the more nervous one of the pair, and it seemed to be more towards Brian's hesitation rather than his friend's odd request. He was looking to him for reassurance that their plan would work. The spokesman repeated his question. Come on, mister. We just want to go to our house. We're just two little boys. The way they spoke was very strange. As a journalist, Brian had interviewed kids before. They were often jumpy and their thoughts scattered, the complete opposite of this pair. What worried Brian the most was the fact that these kids showed no fear when others their age had a healthy respect towards adults and a natural hesitation when approaching strangers. It was around this time when he realized they weren't like other kids. That is, if they were kids at all. Uh, what movie are you going to see? He asked them, trying to buy himself some time. Mortal Kombat, of course, replied the spokesman, his friend nodding in agreement. Brian looked up towards the marquee, the familiar glow confirming what he already knew. The last showing had started over an hour ago. He also knew that looking away was a mistake. The kids knew for sure that Brian was now stalling. Come on, mister, let us in. We can't get into your car until you do, you know. Let us in. We need to go to our mother's house. 
Brian felt himself being physically drawn towards his door lock. It was as if the kid's insistence had power over him, making him do things that he didn't want to do. Suddenly, just as quickly as it started, he felt in control again and pulled his arm back. Another mistake. The kids were angry. He could feel it. That is when he noticed. Their eyes. They were pitch black. A deep jet nothingness looking back at him. Brian's poker face must have slipped, and the kids knew he could see their eyes for what they really were. Now they were angry. Come on, mister. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. It's not like we have a gun or anything. This was the final straw for Brian. He threw his car into reverse and pulled out of his parking spot, thanking God he didn't hit anybody because he hadn't looked behind him. He could see the angry boys out of the corner of his eye as he turned the car and sped away. A moment later, he looked again. They were gone. The sidewalk next to the theater was completely empty, and there were definitely not enough cars in the lot for them to have hidden behind. When Brian got back home, he called his friend Chad and recited the encounter to him. Chad was actually hanging out with a friend of his who happened to be a psychic. On speakerphone, Brian once again told them what happened. He was just about to tell the psychic about their eyes when she interrupted him. They had black eyes, right? Uh, yeah? How did you know that? The woman went on to tell him about a dream she had just a few nights prior. In it, there were kids outside her door, wanting to be let in. She recalled them having something wrong with them, but it took her a while to figure out what it was. It was their eyes. They were pitch black. I knew if I had let them in, something really bad would have happened. They wanted to kill me. They would have killed you too if you had let them into your car. So. What do you think? Do you think the black-eyed kids are real? I personally believe they are. I believe Brian had this encounter. And I also know there have been quite a few weird happenings every time I've gone to write this script or record this episode, which is why it's so late. So I don't think I'll be bringing up the black-eyed kids again. Unless, of course, I really want to scare myself. This has been the Memento Mori Oracle Podcast. Good night.